Ask any Brit and they'd jump at the chance for a week in the southwest of England. It's where Cornwall is sprinkled with intimate coastal towns all the way to Land's End as it points to the open waters of the Celtic Sea. Right next door is Devon, with more spectacular coastline. The Bristol Channel is north, the English Channel to the south, with seaside attractions in Plymouth and Torquay, and even a national park in the middle. The two counties of southwest England are home territory for tour guides Tom Hooper and Mark Seymour. Gentlemen, welcome. You're Thank very you welcome. for having Thank us. Thank you. So we're thinking about Devon and Cornwall. Mark, you're from Devon. What is Devon? Talk about how do we know where that is. Devon is one of those uh, highland areas of Britain, uh, ancient part of Britain, famous for its uh, uh, roaming ponies. It's famous for a very, very rural population. So we're a highland part. You're talking about high country. High country. Are there uh, moors and sort of vast medieval commons beautiful, grounds? Beautiful moors, Dartmoor. Dartmoor uh, is in Devon. Wild ponies. Wild ponies roaming everywhere. Lots roaming of everywhere. poets looking for inspiration. Clotted cream, apple pie. There you go. So it's a, sort of a charming traditional part, uh, cozy. Yes. yes. And of course, um, to the north of the county, you have beautiful fishing villages, very ancient fishing villages, thousands of years old, some of them. Okay, it, so it, that's on the, on the coast, just a little south of Wales. Literally opposite the south coast of Wales on the other side of the Severn Estuary. Right. And if you want to get there from London to go to Devon, how long does it take by train? You'd have to take the train down to the south coast of Devon, uh, where there's a major uh, railway terminal called Exeter. And that would take you, without connections, about two and a half to three hours. And if you're driving from Heathrow Airport to get to Devon? Uh, again, you take the motorway due west, and that could take you upwards of four and a half, five hours. So we're four hours or so away from London to get yes. to Devon. Yes. All right. Tom, what about Cornwall? Well, Cornwall is even beyond that. Uh, it's the very southwest of England, and the boundary between Cornwall and that other place, Devon, <laughs> is the River Tamar. And it used to be said, you know, that you'd have to show your passport when you went across into Cornwall. Is that right? Because it's, it was, because it's so different. It was once its own country before it was swallowed by England. It has its own language, which is now even taught in schools. It's an old Celtic refuge in the very far almost remotest southwest corner. So when you think of the Celtic Crescent, describe the Celtic Crescent. I think this is a fascinating concept. It's, it's, it is this far coastal area where you go from Brittany, travelling across then to Cornwall, up through Wales and Ireland and up to Scotland. So it's a, a crescent of civilizations yes. that encircled the Angles. Uh, absolutely, and civilizations is the right word. <laughs> so when you're thinking about the English map, the far southwest tip of England is Land's End. Now, Land's End is one of these horrible tourist traps, really. Uh, describe Land's End if you're I think go you've there. understated that, really. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it has this extraordinary romantic image that you are going to the edge of the world, and then you get there, and you have the last this, you have the last that. So here's the last mm. place to get mm. your tea, the last place to fill yeah. up your tank. Yeah. And when you've had 2,000 last this, you then pay to park your car, Pay to park your car. Yeah. And there's a man with a camera that will, you can pay to have your picture taken. Correct. Wait in line with all the other tour groups. Very theme park. It is theme parky, isn't it? It is. But um, uh, and if you want that feeling of Land's End, but not to deal with all of that, where might you go in well, Cornwall? I go to the Lizard Peninsula, which is just one before it. 
It's raw, remote, very attractive, fantastic, rocky coastline, mm-hmm. which makes it perfect. So if you've got a lizard, you can feel like you're on Land's End. You can feel like you're on Land's Good End. enough, mm-hmm. good enough. Now, let's talk a little bit about Doc Martin, because a lot of people love this Doc Martin special, and we've had him on our show. He's just a delightful guy, and he's set in a, an actual town. His port when in the show is actually Port Isaac. Do either of you have any tips for Doc Martin fans when they're going to that part of England? Um, it's a very, very small fishing town, and it's perched between two very steep headlands. Um, you can't really drive down into the town. There are a number of car parks uh, on the headlands looking down into the village. Be careful. It is extremely steep. Um, certainly, the, some of the crowds become very, 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 very busy. So it's quite an industry for this cute little it's port. Isaac. Suddenly, an industry it's, overnight, yeah. it's like Hollywood. It's and, a and beautiful portal. place to visit, particularly if you're a walker. I would imagine you could just travel around in the countryside and find the charm of Duck Martin yes. without going to Port Isaac. Yes, yes. many ports, it's, many ports around the right. southwest. It is. It's on the north coast, so it does have you know, Tintagel. Now, speaking of the north coast and Tintagel, this for me is one of the most romantic places. Uh, Tom, what's the importance historically of Tintagel and how might we enjoy that? Well, Tintagel is associated hugely with the legends of Arthur. King Arthur. King Arthur because there is this suggestion that this might have been Camelot. Camelot, whoa. And there's a, a, a ruined castle, now, the, actually. That, They're quite dramatically set. There is set. a really dramatic ruined castle. It's quite a scramble down and up to it with the steps, and it has this mystical feeling about it, which adds to the Arthur legends. Now, when you go to Tintangel, there's there's plenty of uh, gimmicky outfits that want your money. I, I had a beer in a place called the Excalibar, the yes. Excalibur. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and the beer was pretty good, wasn't it? Yes. The beer was good. I guess that's Doom Valley beer. Doom yes. beer, yeah. So the Excalibur in Tintagel. This is Travel Thrixties. We've been talking with Tom Hooper and Mark Seymour about Devon and Cornwall, two beautiful parts of England on the southwest corner of that great country. Near Tintagel is a little town called Clovelly. Now, Clovelly. this is one of the cutest places I've ever seen. Talk about Clovelly. Uh, Clovelly is this seaside um, on north coast town where it's steep down to it. It has stone streets. You feel as if you're walking two or three centuries ago. The fact that they stop cars going down to it actually adds to its character. In summer, it is a riot of colour with flowers and people's window boxes and gardens. And it is the archetypal, picturesque... It's, it's an amazing place. Um, let's take a step back in time. This is a fishing village. Um, there's a quay that sweeps out into the ocean, into the deep ocean. 700-foot-high um, cliffs surrounding quay the village. Quay meaning uh, breakwater? Of I think Americans would say quay, Q-U-A-Y, breakwater, okay, uh, yes, uh, yes. A dock, a pier. And the fishermen historically have brought the fish in, their catch into the quay. They would then take it by sled up through the village. That's how the, steep the hills are. Mm-hmm. That's how steep they are. The, uh, the roadways made of pebbles. The stone buildings are made of pebbles. These are big, rolling, football-sized rocks, circular. And, and the government has recognized this miraculously mm. preserved, impossibly cute little town and yeah. stopped anybody from changing any of That's their right. buildings. That's and now right. there's lots of flowers and yes. cute little pubs. And it's still actually owned. The entire village is still owned by a, a, a lord. Um, really? A little touch of the feudal system. is owned by uh, the lord of Clavelli. He lives still on the estate. And the people that live in the village live there because he allows them to. Now, is this in Cornwall? 
This is actually in North Devon. North mm. Devon. So this yes, is in Devon. This, this is Devon. Yeah. Tintagel. Tintagel's very firmly Cornwall. So and there's the river between the yeah, two then. Yeah. What is same the name coast, of the river again? Same coast. Right. It's the Tamar. T A M A R. Tamar. One of the greatest and most famous rivers in the world. So we're in Clovelly, the impossibly cute little town on the north coast of Devon, and then into the interior of Devon. And Mark, you mentioned Devon is high country. We've got what is one of my favorite evocative places, and it is Dartmoor. Mm. Uh, describe mm. exploring Dartmoor. What sort of charms wait for us in Dartmoor? Dartmoor is a, is a marvelous place. Imagine a, a highland plateau, and then dotted over it are stack formations, rock pointing out of the ground. These are the cores of ancient volcanoes. A uh, number of them very, very, very prominent on the landscape. No trees, no trees to speak of at all. Some very, very deep valleys carved by tiny rivulets and Lush streams. Lush turf, though. I mean, it just Peat, feels like... Peaty turf, yes. It feels like a Tolkien kind of dream in some kind yes. of way. And it comes, Heather and gorse. And it comes with a particular smell, that turf, as well. Mm. When you have the high on Dartmoor, it is this sweeping, quite windy, desolate landscape with these granite remains of this volcanic batherith mm. all around you. And you've got these... Reminders of early civilization. Yes. All over. You come yeah. upon clapper bridges yeah. and stone yeah. circles. Can you talk about some of the discoveries? What's a clapper bridge and uh, what might cla- you see? Clapper bridge, uh, they vary in age, but many of them, uh, several of them, certainly date back to the Iron Age. Um, there is one that they have uh, dated back to the Neolithic. Yeah. So Iron Age being what century would that uh, be? Iron Age would be, uh, you're looking before the Roman invasion of Britain, uh, 800 so. years before. Up to about 600-ish before. 600 B.C., yeah. Clapper bridges, and these would yes. be stepping stone bridges across yeah. the and little rivers. Which you, can, you, know, which you can do yourself. You can walk over these clapper and bridges. And then you might come upon your own private Stonehenge. Stone circle. Yeah. Stone yeah. circle. Yeah. There's yeah. A, uh, near Gidley. Yes, Gidley is one of 16 stone circles actually oh. on Dartmoor. I hiked from the youth hostel in Gidley out into the middle of Dartmoor following my little ordnance survey map yeah. to yeah. the stone yeah. circle of Gidley. Yes. And I was all alone there with yes. a few sheep and the wild wind. And, and, and the... please don't anybody think that it's uh, this is another Stonehenge or another Avery. These are stones that barely come up to your knee in some places. But they know, go back it's, it's just as old and they're a yes. circle designed to be Very a celestial special. calendar. Yeah. And uh, you don't have the barbed wire and the tour buses and the portaloos. You've just got the winds it's of the past. It's all to yourself. And the walking, of course, to get there is spectacular. I'm so impressed by the, the many layers of history and culture here. And, and there, there actually was a, a tin industry mm. in, in Cornwall. It really goes way, way back. I think the ancient Greeks actually even called uh, Cornwall and North Devon uh, the land of mm. tin. The land yeah. of tin. And you can actually see some old tin mines. Yes, Giver is the most famous, probably. Mm. It's now almost a shrine to tin mining. There are no tin mines left working anymore. But if you go back 200 years to the heyday, it was the big time of tin mining. And you can go down to the mine itself. And the workers used to take the famous Cornish pasty to lunch, didn't they? What, I, what is the... Why did you hesitate over the pronunciation <laughs> of that word? I don't know how to say it in English. <laughs> pasty, 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 pasty. If you, if you come from Devon, it will be pasty. 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 But, yes. pasty. but, but there's a practical reason. I mean, we know this pasty is like a folded over pizza or yes. something like that yeah. with a crimped edge. Yeah. And tell us the, the connection with the miners. Well, the, the connection is that this was the food that they took down to have which they'd eat almost certainly in darkness because the candles were too expensive to burn them during a spare time, so almost certainly it in darkness. And it's a bit like a, a beef stew, Rick, mm. which mm. is cooked in pastry with a crimped top to it, and the crimp is so easy to hold that that's part of it. 
and you have one bit which is the savory bit originally, and one bit which is the sweet bit. So the you dessert. have your dessert kind of yeah, cooked yeah. into this. Uh, this and, and of course, because in those days you'd have all this toxic stuff on your hands, then that means you discard the pastry. Paper. So you throw away the crust that you hung on yeah. to. Yeah, that is so. Well, actually, you, I think you did more than that, if I remember right. You threw it down one of the shafts for good luck. And to this day, you can go to a little bakery in Cornwall. Absolutely. There's, mm. there's one at Giva, and there's a, another very good pasty place at Senon, and there are places where you can actually now go and have a two-hour course. Delightful. And make Delightful your own Delightful lunch or, or light dinner, yeah. yeah. Cornwall and Devon, two counties on the southwest tip of England, is the home turf for our guides on Travel with Rick Steves. Mark Seymour organizes small group tours of Britain on his website at seymourtravels.co.uk. Tom Hooper can be reached through the Great British Tours Facebook site. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. And Linda's calling in from Marietta in Georgia. Linda, thanks for your call. Thank you, Mr. Rick Steves. I'm delighted to be on this. (laughs) Well, great. Do you have a, a story to tell about your experiences in Cornwall or a question for our guides? I do. I just absolutely was astounded and uh, emotional to visit the Minnick Theater and see the incredible location and what was carved into the cliff uh, there in Penzance. It was probably the pinnacle of my trip, even though I also went to Port Isaac, and I love Doc Martin so much, but uh, the theater is not to be missed so at all. Can you, um, Tom or, or Mark, can you describe what Linda is referring to here? Well, Linda's referring to an open-air carved theatre right on the coast, isn't it, Linda? Yes, these, it is. With these uh-huh. f- fabulous views down to the sea and the rocks. And during the summer, there are performances during the day and in the evening. They rarely cancel them. Huh. It looks like a, a, a miniature Romano-Greek theatre or amphitheatre looking out Carved to the Carved out of the rock with a dramatic yeah. setting on the south coast, rain or shine, yeah, you're going to have your sure. event. They very rarely cancel turf seats mm-hmm. predominantly. So, Linda, you're a good example of a tourist who might be a fan of Doc Martin and go to that part of England and find there's a lot more charms um, beyond Port Isaac. Absolutely, and I couldn't agree more about Land's End. I thought when we pulled into the car park that we were stopping at an outlet mall. I couldn't believe uh, it either. That's what I felt. It sounds like an outlet mall. It really feels that way. So we can save people a long drive to Land's End, I'd say. Right. Yes. I think you get what you expect at Land's End at the Minnick Theater. It's yeah, all so there's beautiful. A, there's a lovely cove next, very close to called Senon as well, which yes. is very similar. Yes, beautiful walking. Linda, thanks so much for your call. And Thank we'll, we'll you, be sure Rick. to put Minnick so Theater on our list. You okay, you. bye now. Bye-bye. Chris is calling in from Valencia, California. Chris, thanks for your call. Thank you, Rick. Um, listen, what you had to say, I have frequented many of the places you've talked about, and I traveled to Cornwall on two different trips. And each time, a highlight for me was a day hike along the southwest coast path. It's along the cliff side going down the coast. So on one side, you have the sea and the coast and these little hidden beaches, and the other side you have farmland, and sometimes you're walking into people's, you step up and over the fence across people's land just so that you can sort of ramble across the country. And you say ramble, and there's actually a Ramblers Association, Association. isn't there? Yes, and yeah. uh, Tom, talk about the um, feisty attitude of the Ramblers about free access to the land. Well, this is across the country, and the Ramblers Association are the guardians of the public footpath and bridleway network. And every single year, without fail, there will be a day 
when people are invited basically to go on one mass, almost trespass. So the mass trespass. Yeah, to make sure these footpaths continue to be used, that's number one. And two, they log any obstructions that are illegal. And your caller in doing this is is asserting the right to walk that path. There you go, Chris. You're part of the Rambler's mass trespass. <laughs> and let's talk a little bit about the southwest coast path. Is it in Cornwall or mm-hmm. Devon in Cornwall? It actually starts um, in uh, a place called Thornbury in Gloucestershire, yes, which is uh, the to the down. northeast of uh, Devon. It's actually 600, I get my numbers right, 683 miles of marked footpaths. So you go geologically through lots of different geological structures mm-hmm. and you get the very rugged bit around Devon and Cornwall. Yes, certainly in Devon and Cornwall, northern parts of Devon and Cornwall, you have some of the highest cliffs in Europe. Mm. Seven, eight hundred foot high cliffs. And this footpath... Plunging right down to the sea? Yeah. Or straight down. So you could make a, a day trip from some uh, convenient little town, or you could yeah. do a multi-day yeah. walk with Absolutely. plenty of B&Bs along the yeah. way. I, I have a favourite. People I do, do it. do it for quite frequently. A little place called Heartland, which is about seven miles across the coast from uh, Clovelly. Uh, there's a beautiful white lighthouse perched on a headland. Yes. Uh, again, in ancient key, nobody lives there anymore. The, the village of Heartland is a little bit further inland. But oh, okay, so the southwest coast. Pa- I was thinking the south coast, but it's really the southwest. southwest. So it's yeah. from Gloucestershire yeah. up by Wales, and then and right down along the coast, all the way yeah. through through Devon yeah. and Cornwall to Lansdowne. As, as it happens, I have to accept Heartland Point is absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. In Thank Devon, <laughs> no, <laughs> there we've got we've we've come <laughs> to an agreement. It is a gem, isn't it, Tom? <laughs> it is, is a gem. Chris, thanks for your call. Right, thank you so much. Okay, bye now. Bye-bye. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been talking with Mark Seymour from Devon and Tom Hooper from Cornwall. We've enjoyed a little bit of the spirit between these two shires, or I guess, uh, is Devon? Devon is actually a shire, Devon right? is a shire. And Tom, what is Cornwall? A country. <laughs> <laughs> the struggling <laughs> underdog yeah. country of Cornwall. We struggle. Lots to see and do in Devon and in Cornwall. Tom and Mark, thank you so much for giving us all a better understanding of of the diversity and the charms of the southwest of England. Well, thank you for asking us. Thank you very much. Hey, I'm Rick Steves. In my latest book, For the Love of Europe, I share the highlights of a lifetime of exploring Europe, my favorite experiences, sights, and encounters in a hundred essays. If you love Europe too, this is four decades of greatest hits in 400 pages made to order to stoke your travel dreams. You can order your copy of For the Love of Europe at ricksteves.com.